Good morning. We're going to start the webinar now. It's 10 o'clock on September 25th. Uh, thanks for joining us. I am going to give you uh, my presentation that I do um, go out to groups to present. And what I'm trying to present here is um, the overview of the Medicare system and how it might relate to you. I will record this so that we will have it available for uh, circulating, et cetera, and probably put it on the website. So again, thanks for checking in. We are right around the corner from all the craziness beginning. My name is Joanne Giardini-Russell and I have Boomer Health Group and I'll talk about my background in just a minute, but I wanted to just give you the screen that I found comical the other day is this was a client. These were new people to me. I had spent an hour or two working with them and they really understood, I felt, everything that was going on with them. Um, they had their policies issued, their drug plans done and everything like that. So she sends me a text the other night and says, I got some things in the mail. One to me, one to Chuck, Carrington, all these very strange uh, words to me, in including the company names. They said Medici on top, prescription drug, all these different things. And I laughed and kind of said, oh my gosh, she must be dictating because it's really coming out strange. And she didn't know what I was talking about. And I said, are you for real? So anyway, long story short, it was junk mail. Uh, combined with her actual policies. And then even at the bottom, she said, we did get our policies. Is the drug plan part of that? So I, my point here is it's, it's almost funny, but it's not funny. It's just we spend an hour and a half with somebody and they really do understand what we're talking about. But after you leave our presence, it just feels like it all gets lost and the confusion just starts again. So no wonder we need webinars and, and tutorials and things kind of coaching us through webinar, uh, to, through Medicare. So. Again, I mentioned my name is Joanne Giardini-Russell. My company is called Boomer Health Group. And so what we did is we're just building a place for folks like you to come and get Medicare assistance. So we do only handle Medicare. Uh, we don't do any under 65 healthcare other than we do have a person in our office that can help in Michigan to um, facilitate somebody who's maybe age 63, needs coverage for two years until we can get that person onto Medicare plans. So my background is insurance. I go back 31 years of insurance experience when I came out of Michigan State. I then, in 2010, got into the financial world and had my Series 663, those licenses. And I worked amongst financial professionals, but I was really handling the insurance side of things. And what happened was a few years ago is I was introduced to the fact that I didn't know anything about Medicare. And I was surprised. Uh, I had no idea the complexity. And I was even more su surprised that I'd been sitting in a firm for years where Medicare really wasn't dis uh, discussed. And healthcare, in my opinion, really is not discussed very well or handled very well in the capacity of financial planning offices, CPA offices, and things like that. So at that point, I really just decided to pivot and it was instantly busy. And today we have an agency with five people that we only do Medicare consults. And it's busy, and especially busy this time of year. I try and do a lot of teaching to advisors, to CPAs, to community ed, uh, to really anybody that'll listen to me just like this. Uh, I happen to adore the Medicare uh, industry in terms of the clientele. Uh, you all are wonderful to work with, and I think it's just very, very underserved. And because there's 10,000 of you turning 65 every day, it's, it's quite challenging. So what I try and bring out is the mechanics of the Medicare system, the financial and the emotional tolls of doing the wrong thing. That's huge. And how to navigate through the process. So if you have a question, feel free to do. There's a chat button in this system. 
Feel free to uh, ask a question as we move along. If not, at the end, you'll have my contact information. You are more than welcome to send emails, phone calls. Um, if you want to be anonymous with email, that's fine. You can delete those easily. I will say we are not one of those firms that are out soliciting you. So if you are turning 65, I know you're getting just slammed with phone calls and material in the mail. Um, we don't do that. Uh, we really, really, like I said, we pair up with um, really professionals across the country and our client base is then referred to us. So um, I get it and I just want to provide you the information of not, you know, being intimidated to ask a question. Okay. When I start talking to groups, I like to always ask this question just as a, a cursory test. Um, is Medicare Part A mandatory at age 65? The word mandatory is key and age 65 is key. So I'm gonna divulge the answer, obviously, right out the gate here, but Part A is not mandatory at age 65. So many people tell me that it is, and it's not. Okay, financial people miss this a lot, but it is not mandatory. When you're 65 in our healthcare system, it just means that you're eligible, so I'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's touch on what Medicare really is. Uh, Medicare is the health insurance system for those that are over age 65, or on disability uh, under, under age 65. So when somebody is on social security disability at age 48, for example, they are uh, given Medicare 24 months later. So therefore they qualify, but now they're 50 years old. So I am going to keep this topic really tied to the space of the 65 plus, and we're dealing with just Medicare as your health insurance option at age 65. So there's two components. There's part A, which is hospitalization coverage, uh, we can look at it like room and board. It covers skilled nursing, and it does cover um, home health settings to, to some degree, to a large degree, and it covers hospice. I like to point here out here, and you're going to see me or hear me talk a few times about pointing this out, but long-term care expenses are not covered by Medicare. Medicare was not designed for long-term care. It's designed for health care. So it is designed to rehab, to get you better, get you on your way. There are 100 days of skilled nursing coverage, but I want you to understand how that works related to copay. So I'll, I'll walk into that, but I really, really just start, I want to point out that long-term care, classic long-term care is not covered by Medicare. Medicare Part B. So this part is very similar to what you've had your whole life with maybe Blue Cross or United Healthcare. You've had group insurance, you've had individual plans. This is what Part B pretty much is. We all think of it as going into the doctor's office or going into the emergency room, urgent care, CAT scans, chemotherapy, even a radiation. There's a lot of things covered under Part B. Durable medical equipments are sometimes and often covered under Part B, insulin pumps, things like that. So Part B is what you have paid probably for your whole life in terms of maybe you bought, like I said, a policy with Blue Cross, or maybe you participated with your employer plan and you paid 20% of your insurance. Somebody has been provided the payment, providing the payment for your medical care your entire life. When you turn 65, there is a premium for Part B with Medicare. A lot of people don't think that. They arrive and they're a little bit surprised to see the pricing. I'm going to talk about pricing as well. But Part B of Medicare has an annual deductible of $183 which is pretty darn reasonable compared to some of the group plans you see or your individual plan where you might have a $4,000 or a $6,000, maybe out-of-pocket a max or a deductible of $2,000, okay? 
want to note here that your HSA, if you have been funding your HSA for years and you get to Medicare eligibility and you want to get Medicare at, age, at, at, at whatever age, actually, and you decide to get Part B, you can use that HSA premium to, or, or the accounts in your HSA fund, you can use that to pay your Part B premiums, okay? Another thing to point out here is that Medicare is an 80-20 system, and that means that Medicare is going to pay 80% of medically necessary charges and costs, and you are going to be responsible for the remaining 20%. There is no cap on that 20%. Really important to understand. There is no cap on that 20%. Unfortunately, a third of our, um, of our seniors in our country only rely on traditional Medicare, which is part A and B, and they have an open exposure of 20%, and they probably don't understand that. If you're in the position where you can ask people if they have something beyond, please do. Uh, there are ways to get absolutely free coverage, which we're going to talk about, um, to cover the 20% that Medicare won't pay for, and they just need to know. My concern is always that they're going to have a triple bypass, and get stuck with a bill for $76,000, okay? Medicare does not cover routine dental, vision, and hearing. And Medicare was not designed, when it was born in 1965, it really wasn't designed for dental, hearing, old eyes, old teeth. It is designed for glaucoma, um, cataract surgery, things like that, so that's medical. So don't have to worry about that stuff. But if you have just a vision exam once a year, that very well likely will not be covered by Medicare. There are a few um, dental vision hearing plans that we can offer for insurance wise. I will tell you, in my opinion, there's nothing fabulous out there in that arena. There's some things where you can pretty much, you can have coverage, but you are not going to find something that costs $5 a month and will provide you with $5,000 a year of, of true benefits, all right? So just unfortunately, Realize that dental vision hearing is very, very different than your eight, your years of being on a group plan. Uh, it's just not handled as well. It's a challenge for seniors. Custodial care. So this is, this is bathing and dressing. And these are, these are firms like a senior helpers. A friend owns a franchise of senior helpers. She's got caretakers. They are hired to assist with bathing and dressing and eating. And that is custodial care. That is not long-term care. Long-term care or skilled nursing, I should say, not long-term care, but skilled nursing is a rehab setting where somebody needs to go for maybe a knee replacement rehab. Custodial care is totally different. If it's not medically necessary, you just need assistance, you will hire a private firm like hers or somebody outside of that to provide the custodial care. Long-term care, again, not covered, not covered. Cosmetic surgery, we, we can all understand that. Be careful with chiropractic services. Someone called me yesterday and she thought chiropractic was part of her, her traditional Medicare and a Medigap supplement, and it's not. Most of the time, it's not. The chiropractor may cooperate and, and participate with Medicare. They may not, but it's not like your regular MD, your general practitioner. All right, acupuncture, typically not covered. And medical evacuation, I put this on here because it's not um, common knowledge that if you have a medical incident, um, even an emergency, we heard of someone a few years ago, a great example is he was in Mexico, he had a heart attack in Mexico, and he was airlifted back to the US, and it was an emergency, but so it was covered as an emergency in Mexico, that cost, the medical evacuation back to the US was not covered. 
So he got a bill for $30,000 for that. My uncle, let's contrast that to my uncle who lives in Texas, was hiking in Arizona, had also a heart attack, and he was flown and medevaced back to Texas, but that was covered because he was inside the United States. So Medicare did cover his transport. The Mexico one did not. You can handle that by insurance. So there are medical evacuation uh, providers and, and insurance companies that you can add this to a trip if you're planning to go. Um, you would add, ask the travel agent and they will handle that piece for you. I will touch on this right here. So how Medicare is here, we get this a lot uh, when I'm traveling overseas. If you're going for three months to Spain, I would suggest getting a short-term medical policy for those three months. Medicare, again, and it doesn't matter if you buy a Medicare uh, Advantage plan or a Medigap plan. We'll talk about the products later, but it doesn't matter what you buy. You're going to be handled on an emergency basis only. You get a sinus infection over there, it's not going to cover that stuff. Long-term care. This is probably the last time I'll really, really touch on that, but Medicare may cover 100 days of skilled nursing coverage. Here's what we see. We see a lot of people that need money, uh, which in my opinion is just long-term care insurance or your assets or your bank account, whatever it is, people need money typically about day 22. And what happens is somebody maybe with a Medicare Advantage plan, which I will show you, doesn't have coverage on day 21 or 22. So Medicare, yes, it pays. Everybody kind of thinks that Medicare pays 100 days of skilled nursing. They do, but after day 21 starts, you're responsible for $167.50 per day. So when you're dealing with your advisor, please talk about this for the immediate cash crunch. And then the other situation is a long-term benefit, meaning maybe it's an Alzheimer's facility for seven years. I don't have any great solutions for you. Uh, I have my opinions about long-term care. There are hybrid products. There are lots of solutions for this. Just have a solution and, and just look for ways that, to know that your family is going to, heal, uh, to deal with this. Big problem, I think, in our country is people aren't prepared for this. This is an example of what we hit last week. So one of the gals in our office has a client who, who showed her the Medigap plan card on the right-hand side, and you'll notice that she has a plan B as in boy. Not to be confused with part B of Medicare, because it's common to confuse that. This is a plan B. So we haven't seen a plan B in a long, long, long time. When you go to the chart below, that's why I put the chart up here, plan B, if you notice on the third line, it doesn't cover skilled nursing. I think you can see my cursor. A hole right there does not cover skilled nursing. So this woman here is 70 years old. She's in a skilled nursing facility. She's hitting day 21, which is exactly why she was calling us because look up here, Medicare, like I said in the beginning, they'll pay, you will pay nothing for the first 20 days. After that, you're going to pay $167.50 for as long as you stay in there for each benefit period. That for her, she's told that she's going to stay there till November. So she's going to have six more weeks of $167.50 times the six weeks she'll be in there. Again, big hole here. Had this person come to us for a review, we would have said the same thing. Like, what do you mean a plan B? Haven't seen it. Oh my gosh, there's some holes. Look at the holes down here. Now, what we do mostly these days is a plan G. If you look at plan G as in girl, plan G, I'm sorry, plan G covers skilled nursing. There's a check mark right there. 
It covers skilled nursing. That means that the Medigap policy plan G that this person could have selected instead of the B um, would have paid that $167.50 for days 21 through 100, all right? If you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, most of those plans will require you to pay a copay uh, about $160 a month. So you're not paying the full freight. They'll pay $7.50. You will pay $160 or so for the next 21 days, 21 through 100. Be careful with Medicare Advantage plans. If you're going to buy those, and we, we do issue them on occasion for us in Michigan here, um, just be careful and pair it with possibly a hospital indemnity plan or something, or maybe you have long-term care, then that's fine. You have to be very careful about coordinating all these things. So let's go back to Medicare. So Medicare is not an automatic yes when you turn 65 years old. And here's part of my thinking is this is why I think people partially think that it is. You get this statement before you're turning 65. It comes from Social Security Administration, which we all think governmental should be the same as you know, Medicare should be the same as Social Security and vice versa, they're, they're two different entities. So we'll talk about that. They are two absolute different places. We try and warn our folks that do, please do not go to Social Security and listen to them for Medicare advice. Um, we get lots of problems with that. There is poor advice. They are Social Security. They will give great Social Security advice and they will not give good Medicare advice. The only thing they do with Medicare is they allow you to sign up for Medicare through them they coordinate your tax returns from a couple years ago to determine your Medicare premiums, and they will bill for your Medicare premiums, or they will take it out of your Social Security check. All right, so that is exactly their involvement. They are bad for advice. So go back to the form showing up in your mailbox. You get this, and it says avoid a penalty, signing up, do sign up at age 65. And if you read it, even if you don't plan to receive monthly benefits, be sure to sign up for Medicare three months before turning 65. If you don't sign up when you're first eligible, your coverage may not start right away. You may have to pay a late enrollment penalty for as long as you have it. That looks to me like you should probably sign up. There's also literature that we hand out to people that it comes from Social Security Administration, and it says, enroll online even if you're not ready to retire. That, to me does suggest that you should go sign up. So people take this form, they bring it to their financial planner perhaps, that person really doesn't understand Medicare and they say, I think so, I think you have to do it at 65. You ask your neighbor who did something wrong and they say you have to do this. So there's a lot of scariness going on with signing up and I'm gonna get a penalty. It's not really clear here what the penalty's for or might not be for. So we can walk you through that but it's not automatic. So all we do is when we're talking to people is we're just saying, look, you're 65, now you're eligible for it. Congratulations, you've arrived on the doorstep at 65, you are eligible for Medicare. We will walk through all these questions. It's really just a conversation. All right, where is your coverage coming from now, currently? Are you eligible for any retiree coverage? Um, those are becoming farther and fewer between. Honeywell, for example, just dropped their coverage. My father has consumer's energy. Their plan is stopping January 1st. I was reading about Sears and the retiree plans are complaining about costs. Uh, they're all kind of getting worse in terms of coverage. Uh, Michigan, the state teachers here in Michigan, it's, it's good. It's not as good as it used to be, but it is good coverage. So you have to look at your retiree plan if you have that available to you. But like I said, so many people do not. So our next question, Michael, well, are, are you actively working? 
So again, this is all conversational. So the person on the phone with us is typically walking us through this anyway. Hey, I'm working, I just wanna run this by you. Great, so when you're actively employed, that's fine if it's not a small employer. So if you are a small employer, say you're a doctor with eight people in a group plan there. If you're a small employer, then Medicare is mandatory for you. Sometimes the group people miss this, group health people, um, the, the, the financial people, like I say, miss this, the CPAs. A lot of those people don't have to have involvement in your healthcare other than your premiums you're paying and things like that and deductions. They're not paying attention to the rules that we're looking for. So we're looking for Medicare, just how does Medicare impact you? So if it's a small employer, then you're mandatory. But if it's over 20, then you are fine. You can stay in a large employer setting and our questions are then different. We're gonna ask you things like, let's compare it to your, to your group coverage. So I'm gonna show you in a minute how we do sort of an assessment of that and what you need to do if you decide you wanna come off group coverage later. But let's say you tell me you're on uh, Obamacare or ACA or Marketplace. Well, these are all the same words. I talked to somebody yesterday who is paying $12,000 a year for his ACA coverage. He was thrilled and is thrilled to come off Medicare October 1st. You are not allowed to stay on Marketplace or ACA coverage past October 1st. You're certainly not entitled to the subsidy, and if you've been getting a subsidy the whole time, you can see why. You're getting Medicare now, and they consider even Part A sort of a subsidy, if you will, but you'll not, you'll not get any subsidies any longer on the ACA. Come off the Marketplace, you need to have Medicare. COBRA is a nightmare. So we've had numerous, numerous COBRA stories this year. You can see some of those on the blog on the website. We had somebody uh, who at 69 years old was taking COBRA. And uh, another place that we sort of can kind of pick on is HR. HR doesn't always give you the best advice. So this person via the HR function in February, who, and he was 69 years old in Florida, he retired, the, he took COBRA and HR, nobody, clarified to him that he also needed to get Part B of Medicare. He did not have it. So he called us last month and his Blue Cross down in Florida is de declining and denying his claims for the past few months because he does not have Medicare Part B. So when you do not have Medicare Part B and you have COBRA instead, you are thinking of it like active employer coverage because it came from your employer. So we understand it sort of feels the same. It is the same. It's the same carrier. You're paying for it. It's not the same as active employer coverage. It's treated very, very differently. So you have to go get Medicare. So we do not advocate for the most part. Very rarely do we suggest keep your COBRA instead of a Medigap or a supplement. Just go get, don't do COBRA. So kind of a rule of thumb, but not a rule of thumb. And when you're 65, don't take COBRA, get Part B. And don't put yourself in the position where you could be disqualified for claims. So that's a mess. So when you need Medicare, so here's where we kind of, again, poke fun. Where are you going for advice? You're going to your best friends. It happens all the time. You have now 65-year-olds that are going on group golf vacations, and the guys are talking about their, their plans. They're not maybe talking about a football game. They're talking about who got Medicare Advantage and who got Medigap, and my plan pays for this, and my drug plan's the best. So we know that happens all the time. And it, it can work and it may not work, okay? Your doctor. So many people go to their doctor and assume that because they're a doctor and they're a smart person that they understand Medicare, they get paid by Medicare for providing services and that's it. And we have doctor clients that come to us and say they don't understand how Medicare works for their own personal insurance. 
So if you go to the doctor and ask maybe the billing manager what they like or who they advise for your Medicare insurance supplement, they're going to tell you who pays the quickest to their office, who they like to deal with, what they like or don't like. You're not getting the best advice for your health care for the rest of your life, in my opinion. Okay, so, so security administration, we talked about that. Just don't go in. We, to, we do all we can to keep you out of their office, but don't listen to the advice. And then oftentimes, like I said, I sat in those roles. I sat there for years and years and years. I know what is not being said. When I go to a community ed class, I'll ask a group, who thinks of their advisor as a Medicare provider of content? And they all say no. So we're trying to, like I said, teach the, the advisors and CPAs to open the door to the conversation to you. We know you're looking for information. Uh, it's working great. They're real receptive. And there's some great advisors and CPAs out there. Uh, HR, we have a lot of firms that just bring us in, companies, and we will educate the consumer because that takes it off the HR place. So anyway, long story short, we're basically just, I think we're here, to, we're building this to be here for, to serve all these people. First major source of confusion for people is, is the enrollment. Um, not so much am I eligible, but how do I technically do all of this stuff? So we, in our world, you know, refer to this as an IEP, an SCP, and a GEP. So the IEP is your initial election period. I'll walk you through each of these. SEP is a special election period, and that's when you're coming off of group insurance for the most part. And the GEP, that's a general enrollment period. That's the default catch-all that if you basically missed everything else, you go into the general enrollment period. You don't want to get into that one because it's typically that you're a delayed start date, sort of like that Social Security letter alluded to. You're going to be a delayed start date, and you're probably going to get a penalty. So we have those cases. But let's walk through the IEP, and this is the initial election period. So you've probably heard of this whole three months before your birthday, the month of your birthday, and three months after birthday. That seems to have been very well given to the public because everyone kind of seems to know that one. That's great. And that is the rule. So that, just, that is tied to your 65th birthday. All right. So Medicare, just remember, is not exactly. Your starting Medicare is not tied to your 65th birthday but your eligibility is tied to your 65th birthday. That's it. Very, two different things. I know it sounds the same, but it's not. All right, so you're eligible. You're approaching 65. You're in your window. You have seven months to do this. And it works out fine for most people. I will say that if you know you're going to take Medicare and you want it and you need it, effective your birth month, if you know that and you're not on Social Security, go online and register and be done with it. Do it as early as you can. Again, just if you know you're gonna, if your birthday's in June and you know you want Medicare, go on earlier and sign up online. We'll walk you through it. If you're getting Social Security benefits, you will automatically be enrolled for both A and B. So a huge caveat here, if you're enrolled in getting your Social Security deposits every month, you're going to get your card in the mail you're automatically gonna stay in part A. Something to catch right here is if you are contributing to a health savings account, if you're funding an HSA, stop funding the HSA when you are enrolled in part A of Medicare. We catch this all the time. People are still funding their HSAs, they've been working, they're 68, they like using, having the HSA and they keep funding it, but someone told them they had to enroll in part A. No, 
If you don't want to do part A and you want to keep your health savings account, go ahead. You can do that as long as you are not getting Social Security benefits. That changes everything. So again, if you're, take, if you're getting Social Security benefits, the deposit's right into your checkbook, you cannot enroll. I'm sorry, you are going to be enrolled in A and B. You will keep part A for sure. And then it's up to you to decide if you want part B or not. If you don't want part B, you turn the card over and you follow the instructions on the back. If you're going to keep part B, then call somebody and make sure you get a very good supplement to Medicare. And I'm just going to call it a generic supplement, not get into a product. All right? So signing up here, it sounds easy, again, because it's the seven months, which is fine. However, when you start, like we do on our end, start breaking down the initial enrollment period of seven months, you'll see it's not not quite as straightforward uh, as it kind of sounds. So again, if you know you want it and you know you're going to have it in the, your birth month, just go get it. Just enroll. I would suggest enrolling online. I would not go into the office. Okay. I'm going to show you a real life version of this chart. This was with somebody we worked with recently that her birth month is August. So her birthday month, I put in yellow, her birthday month, August. So those seven boxes below where it says three, two, one, birthday, minus one, minus two, minus three. All of those are her months of her initial election period. Her birth month happens to be August. So she was telling me that she wanted to retire in November and start her Medicare coverage November 1st. So because she has a specific request, we have to be more careful with the initial enrollment period for her. If you see August, if she enrolled in August, even though that's in her window, her coverage would have started the month after, which is right here. So it would have started September 1st. This is an automatic you can't control this. When you go to Social Security, if you give me your paperwork, they're going to put you in right then because she enrolled in August. So if I had just said, we'll just sign up anytime, all the way up to October, and then come talk to me for November, your product, she could have done any of these factors. Had she gone in in October right here and enrolled, her coverage would not start out here until January 1st. Now remember, she's trying to retire and get a November 1st effective date. None of this is absolutely critical. I'm just trying to save her some Part B premium dollars so she's not duplicating her coverage. So again, if you're trying to time it with something like this that happens to be within your seven-month window, your initial election period overrules any special election period, which would be coming off a of group coverage. And that was her case. Again, she's in the IEP window. It's going to overrule her SEP. Okay? Confusing. This is somebody right here that, let's just say at 66, they call and they say, hey, I'm working. I think I'm in good shape. I don't think I have to do anything, do I? We run through all the scenarios and we've decided that, you know what? No, since you're not, you know, you're not funding that HSA, you're fine. You like your work coverage. You're not paying much premium for it. Your health is good. You know, you're, you're fine. You can go sign up for part A, which they do. And then they come back to us in two and a half years and I'm um, done. I am exiting, I need to change something, I'm retiring, whatever the story is. So lots of places will just say, we'll go back and you know, add part B and come back to me when you get that and then we'll talk about supplements. That sounds very easy, but here's exactly how to do it. So we send a video to our clients and just say, here, go add part B, here's the tutorial. There are two forms that you need to take in 
to the Social Security office. One is a request for employer verification form. This is right up here, employment. Your HR folks are going to verify and sign off on your form that says, hey, Joe Smith has been insured for two and a half years since he turned age 65. They will sign off on that. This is what allows you to not be penalized by the government for not having Part B. So when all those people around you are saying, you're going to get a penalty, you're going to get a penalty, you will only get a penalty if you don't have this form. If you work till you're 74 years old and then you want to get Part B and have Medicare, that is fine. It happens all the time. It's fine. No penalty. All right? Huge. Only time you need Medicare again when you're working is when you're that under 20 situation. And remember, this is not COBRA. We are not talking about COBRA here. We're talking about active employer and somebody working. So again, if you need help, we will shoot you this video and the two forms. The links are below. The other one is the application for the enrolling in the part, actual Medicare Part B. So you will walk in. Unfortunately, we tell you right in this, this uh, email here that we don't trust the mail. We would prefer you walk into the office and get the forms, get it stamped that, you are, that it's there. I have people in Arizona, one lady called and it, it got stamped. She had it in her possession and it just never got processed. So keep that uh, verification that you dropped it off. It will save you potentially later. Okay. So you're new to part B, you want part B. We've determined that that's the way to do it. Uh, the other thing is we've analyzed it. Some people, when they're still working, they might be highly subsidizing their group insurance. Let's say you're paying six or $700 a month for group insurance you really do want to look at Medicare. So let's just say that that person did that and now we've realized that they're actually going to pay less for Medicare than their group plan and they're going to have better coverage. So when you get to Part B, what the government will do is look at your tax return from two years ago. So the, the, the lowest uh, bracket here is a, a joint tax return of 170000 or less. That person will pay $134. This is an individual rate husband and wife, each will pay $134. If you make more than that, going back to your tax return of two years ago, you are going to be uh, surcharged, which is the tax. So this is called an uh, income-related monthly adjustment amount, and they are adjusting your, your upwards, your fee or your premium, because you have more money. So here's something not commonly understood is that if this is you, let's just say you come to us and I had someone last year. So he was, he was earning $500,000 last year. December 31st, he retired. So in January, he came to me and he said, I had no idea I'd be $428 per person. He's married for this Medicare stuff. So I said, well, tell me your situation. So I just retired. Okay, high income, now you're retired. Uh, is your income dropping to under 170000 going forward? Absolutely, yes. Okay. I will send you the form. There is a life event form that we also send with the instructions to go through this, how to go back to social security and appeal that. And you would, in his case, he checked the box called work stoppage and he went into social security in Florida and it was instantly on the spot reduced from 428.60 down to $134. That saved him a lot of money because what they would have done is waited that two years. So his tax return ultimately would have caught up with social security but it would have been two years for it to kind of flow through. No need to do that. So if you have a legitimate reason, which often is death, divorce, work stoppage, or even work reduction, fill out the paper and try it. Often you win with these appeals. 
if you're selling a business, maybe you want to get with your financial person to structure the payment so that you're not going into these brackets above. Okay, bring this in and just show them and try to avoid this Irma if you can. There are also Irma, we call it Irma, but again, it's an income-related monthly adjustment amount. Irma charges also apply to your drug premium. So if you're high income on the Medicare premium for Part B, you're going to get also that surcharge on the Part D as in drugs side, just FYI. All right, so now our person comes and we've already determined that, yeah, they need Part B, they got A, we're squared away, we're, we're good to go. So where we come in, I have an agency. Well, our agency does is help people pick the product to go with their Medicare A and B coverage. We are an independent insurance agency. We rep all the carriers. We are paid by insurance carriers. We do not charge fees for what we do. We, again, are paid by the insurance carriers, just like your home and auto coverage. This is what we're introducing to you. So when I start my community ed classes, I pull this page up immediately. I, I actually give them a printout. So everybody gets this handbook. When you're turning 65, you should be getting the Medicare and you handbook. You can go to a social security office, pick it up. I think you can order it online. I carry mine around. It's actually great information in there. There's a PDF, a link of it. If you just type in Google Medicare and you 2018, it'll pull up the most recent version. You can just do a control F and find something that you're interested in there to read about. But this is page five. At least go look at page five. If you look at nothing else, please look at page five. The reason I do not call Medigap um, supplemental coverage, you'll commonly hear Medicare supplements. Look in the middle there where it says supplemental coverage and the third line down. I don't like to call it supplemental coverage because if I ask a group of people if they have Medicare Advantage, they all put their hand up. I say, do you have Medigap? They keep their hand up. They have no idea what they have for the most part. I'm not saying 100% of people, but... By and large, people don't know what they have. They just know it supplements their Medicare, and it does. But they work very, very differently. They, to me, they're apples and oranges. These are two products. The government handbook is telling us right here, you have two options to receive your everyday Medicare care. All right? You have original Medicare on the left-hand side. You stay in original Medicare, which is part A and part B, you pay your $134, they will cover 80% of everything. Then you go add a Medigap policy to pay for the extra out-of-pocket things like deductibles and coinsurance, like I showed you back with the skilled nursing. You join a prescription drug plan to get your drug plan co coverage. You can go to any doctor that accepts Medicare. I find and I hear from my 65-year-old friends that this is enormous and this is key to their life. They want to go to any doctor that they want to at this point in their world. And if that's not you, that's okay. There is Medicare Advantage for that, okay? Realize with original Medicare, you can go to any facility in the country that accepts Medicare. You can go to any doctor that participates in Medicare. That's 96% of doctors, okay? If that doesn't appeal to you or you're fine in a different type of a setup, you can choose Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is another type of supplemental coverage plan. Medicare Advantage works just like your group insurance worked. You've been on group insurance for 40 years. You're probably very used to having a network. You're used to having a copay. You're used to having to call a doctor's office and say, do you take Aetna? Do you take you know, Blue Cross? They have extra benefits thrown in, maybe a little bit of vision, a little bit of hearing. Uh, you are used to cost sharing with these plans. 
you will have to use the healthcare providers in the network. You have to pay attention if you're out of network. So if your doctor goes out of the plan, you have to change plans if you want to keep your doctor, okay? Again, apples and oranges. I'm going to walk through an example, so this is kind of where it comes crystal clear to people. Here is a Medicare Advantage plan. I just used my personal zip code. I did use a middle-of-the-road plan. There are plans literally for zero every month, as in zero, 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 zero. Not joking. The top plan in, in Michigan is $312 a month. So Medicare Advantage plans in my area go from zero to $312 a month. So I, I use my husband's example. He had a double knee replacement a few years ago. If he were on this Medicare Advantage plan, this would have been his system. He would have gone to a primary care doctor and paid $15 for a couple of visits. He went to a specialist. He'd pay a couple of uh, visits to the specialist for $35. He had about 20 sessions of uh, physical therapy. He would have paid $30 out of his copay, his pocket, for $30 each time. He was actually in a hospital for uh, six nights. He would have paid two hundred five for the first six nights because that was his co-payment of his uh, hospital portion on a Medicare Advantage plan. The plan will limit you when you hit $3,800. Does not include prescriptions. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, prescriptions and drugs. Doesn't include drugs. A lot of people think it includes drugs. It does not. But when he hit a $3,800 cap from all those little co-pays and, and things, he would have stopped. He will also pay his $137 a month, and he's also going to pay his $134 to Medicare for Part B, all right? Just because you're in a Medicare Advantage plan does not mean you stop paying that $134. I wanted to show you an HMO, which is a zero. Like I said, there are zero plans, zero monthly premiums. It's an HMO. They are more limiting than a PPO, but you'll have same thing, co-pays for everything. In this case, the maximum out of pocket for this plan is $4,700. The legal limit is $6,700 for 2018. That may go up next year of what they can charge for out-of-pocket limits. This is Medigap. And I will say that most of our clients have Medigap. I am not opposed to Medicare Advantage in the proper situation. And I will talk about that in a little bit. But this is a Medigap policy. Again, this is my husband saying he has Medigap now instead of Medicare Advantage. Same zip code, one of the carriers that we use often. This is a plan G, like I talked about. His premium for this plan is $120.88 a month. He will pay that premium plus the $134 to Medicare for Part B. And when he goes into his primary care doctor, he will not pay that charge. He will not pay for a specialist charge. He will not pay for physical therapy. And he will not pay for any nights in the hospital. You are purchasing a little policy to pick up all those copays and things like that. You will have an annual deductible for this plan, which is the Part B deductible of Medicare of $183. That is now what I would look at as your maximum out-of-pocket, okay? No tricks, nothing special. It really works like that. Think about if you have a friend, you might have a parent maybe a long time ago that uh, they paid nothing. So their plan, you just kind of always heard that they paid nothing. They go in and out of hospitals and they pay nothing. This is what they have. They have Medigap, or they have a very, very rich benefit uh, retiree plan from years and years ago, all right? Otherwise, they have Medigap. When you go into the Medicare Advantage plan, just be careful. When you're listening to neighbors, this is, I just wanted to show an example of how we have to, to break down everything with Medicare Advantage. 
if I look at a plan, I'm going to look at just a middle of the road one that I might use. So it's $86 a month. This is a 70 year old female retiring. We actually thought Medicare Advantage might be a good thing for her because based on the price point, we didn't think that she'd have more resources to pay for Medicare, uh, the, the Medigap and a drug plan, et cetera. But this is the analysis. So we went through and we put all her medications in. When we did that, if we go into the Medicare Advantage pricing, because we can do this, before you buy a Medicare Advantage plan, make sure you are going through this. This right here is on Medicare.gov, and you have to look at all your costs. So when we ran it for her, including her Part B premium on the very top line, her total cost for the year for that $86 a month plan really comes to $430 a month. That's not close to $86, okay? So when you're listening to your friends out there saying they have a $25 a month plan with Blue Cross that works for them very well, it might work for them very well if they take zero medications and they never go to the doctor. If you have anything to put in here as, a, as input for a prescription, be sure you are going to medicare.gov or you're talking to an agent that will walk you through every piece of this, not just say, Oh, for your county, it's $25 and your max out of pocket is $4,200. That can sound appealing. If you get into this plan and you don't like it, you will read and you will hear that, hey, I can change it next year. It's not so early. I mean, not, not, so, not so automatic that you can do that. It's based on pre-existing conditions, which I will talk about too. So be very, very careful. We can't tell you how many people we see every year that are trapped into these plans. They have an illness now and they can't get out and they're not happy. So back to this gal who's 70, we ran her with a Medigap and an individual Part D plan, which we, again, we thought would not be the best situation for her, but it turned out being a better situation. Her monthly costs are 372. So it's less than the Medicare Advantage plan. And she does not have a 3,700 uh, maximum out-of-pocket exposure anymore. We took that away. Everything is paid for. Okay, huge difference. Huge, huge, huge. So... Why we think really, uh, Part B is a really big deal to understand, it's because of health. Um, when you are new to Part B of Medicare, now go back to what I said about signing up for Part B. Remember, it's not automatic at 65. You might be 67, you might be 72. I don't care when it starts, but when you are new to Part B, you have the ability to go get any Medigap, and I just showed you how good Medigap is. You have the ability to go to any Medigap carrier and get the plan of your choice. You have six month window to do that. After this webinar, I'm meeting with somebody who has MS and gets $30,000 infusions twice a year and he is turning 65, he is new to Part B. We will make a very important decision today for him because he will never be able to leave this plan. He will not be able to get coverage with another carrier because of his MS. He is actively being treated for that and will likely always be actively treated for that. That's how big a deal it is. So when you see in the media, or you hear people saying, like, you can just change it next year if an agent tells you that. If they sign you up for a Medicare Advantage plan and just say, well, just try it out and, and just, you know, if it doesn't work, just next year switch. Uh, you do have something for trial rights. You can look up what that is. You have 12 months where you can try it out and then you can get out. But that's a, you really don't want to be dealing with that. Uh, again, just realize it's not that easy. And if you can, you're okay with accepting the limitations of a Medicare Advantage plan, by all means, go purchase that. We just want you to understand what you're purchasing and how it works. Here's the stuff we hear about Medigap all the time and Medicare Advantage. You can choose your physician on the Medigap side. Travel within the United States is very easy if you're going to spend it via Snowbird. We have a lot of those from, from Michigan going to you know, Arizona, Florida, et cetera. Budgeting, it's great. We have something called Group Medigap for business owners. I'm not touching on that today. Medicare Advantage, if you can't afford Medigap, I get it. Not everybody can afford that. 
VA system. It's great for VA system people. If you want to get your healthcare through the VA and you're happy and qualified to do so, you can add a zero premium Medicare Advantage plan where then you can come out to the private world and you can have some additional benefits. So that's fine. Some people tell us that they're absolutely fine with networks. They're okay staying in their network and they're never going out. That's fine. Just understand if you come out, you might be um, paying big bills if they should occur. Uh, my favorite is I'm healthy and I'm staying that way forever. I haven't seen anybody that it's worked with yet, but you could be the first. And you don't travel much. Uh, that, that's fine. And again, if you're going to get a Medicare Advantage plan, we strongly encourage pairing it with some sort of indemnity plan to pick up the hospital co-pays or maybe physical therapy or things like that, especially the skilled nursing portion. So again, Medicare Advantage, yes, you have a cap built in, but if you're in a skilled nursing situation, you're very likely to hit that cap pretty quickly after day 20. Okay. Another concern with Medicare Advantage, I just read this recently, uh, eventually, basically January 1, Medicare Advantage, no, not Medigap, but Medicare Advantage enrollees may be required to use lower cost alternatives to more expensive drugs for new prescriptions. This means that the insurer can tell you that you cannot take this drug that's prescribed by your doctor. You have to find a less expensive drug um, to try first. It's called step therapy, Okay. This is floating around right now. I think it's um, a, a law now, so I'm not sure, but this is what I was reading about it recently. So we try and keep up on all the stuff related to all this stuff. Anyway, here's my theory. So a lot of people sit back and say, well, why is Medicare Advantage out there? Why are people pushing it? Here's why. So in my area, I'm in Detroit, outside Detroit, uh, profits are hitting record highs for all our local carriers for Medicare Advantage. What happens with Medicare Advantage plan, a lot of people don't know, is behind the scenes, Uncle Sam, the government, is actually paying the Medicare Advantage carriers a, a monthly stipend, say $800, a month. It goes over to a Medicare Advantage plan to take you into their care. They want to deliver care to be profitable, right, to, for lesser dollars. Sounds commonsensical. The profits are hitting record highs. That's all I can tell you from the headlines. Number two, I'm just showing you my commission statements. I will tell you that we do some Medicare Advantage. I do way more Medigap. But when I do Medicare Advantage, I get paid more. And I get paid faster. So I'm just showing that I get Medigap, I get a drip every month. And Medicare Advantage, I get $420 in my account in two weeks. So there's agent compensation um, is really tied and geared towards Medicare Advantage. And on the bottom... We don't have to read through this, but a lot of group people will sell you the convenience, and maybe you've heard this. Well, instead of using three cards, because God forbid you have good coverage and have three different cards, I'm going to give you a single ID card that you use for your drugs and for your hospital, and you don't have to carry your Medicare card. I will tell you that people with cancer and significant issues, they don't care if they have to carry three cards. So group insurance people don't always give you the best advice. Be very, very, very careful for that. With that, if you're a small business owner, I know you've been dealing with that group person for 12 years, but I hear it every day where they just aren't into tune to the Medicare things. The smart ones will actually pair up with us again and just find people qualified. So again, I should just mention, it doesn't have to be us, but just get this stuff right because it can really, really hurt you. This is an indemnity plan, just a sample, how we're filling in the holes of the Medicare Advantage plan. All right, let's talk about Medigap kind of briefly. Medigap is alphabet soup, A, G, N, F, whatever. You've heard of F and C a lot, probably in the last few years. F and C are the most inclusive plans. So you're wondering why I'm talking about plan G. And plan G, the only difference between the G and the F, I just want you to note, is the part B deductible. Right here, there's one empty box, just one. 
all right? F and G are identical other than the one box. That's key to know. Lots of your friends and family are telling you just to go get an F, and that's it. Just go get an F. F pays 100% of everything. Here's the problem with F that the people don't realize that are in F. A lot of people don't. F and C are going away in 2020, which is not that far away at this point. It's been announced in 2015, so we've known for a long time that it's going away. Okay? It's going away, which means it's not going to be offered to new 65-year-olds. Therefore, when you do not have new 65-year-old people that are rather healthy and that are paying new premiums that are coming into a risk pool, the people in that pool that are getting older and sicker will make your rates go up. That's my guess. That's a prediction. That's not factual. That's me saying that I know who's in plan F that I cannot rewrite because remember, let's go back to pre-existing conditions. The gentleman I'm seeing today with MS, if I put him in a plan F, I know I am putting him into a pool that's going to swell in rates. I will never do that. We put people into plan G. I won't even write a plan F. So that's how strongly we feel against plan F at this point. Next question kind of from people is, can, G, can plan G be like that in 10 years? Yes, it can be. We can't predict what's going to happen in 10 years, but we do know F and C are going to go away. We will not put people into an F and a C. We will put them into a plan G. Um, the other thing is that the financial, if you actually rate an F and a G, typically the G is two to $300 less than the F. It just doesn't make any sense. Remember, the only difference is that you will pay your 183 deductible versus letting your insurance carrier pay the deductible. So it just doesn't make any sense at all. Okay, so beware. If everyone's telling you an F, educate your friends. Educate them as to what's happening because they don't know. They are calling the carrier and they're calling agents. They say, don't worry, you're grandfathered. You can keep your plan because they love it. They absolutely love it. I understand that. And they can keep it. They just won't want to keep it down the road. So again, we're moving people out of plan F and plan C as soon as we can if we find them and they can qualify for new Medigap with another carrier because they will be underwritten. Here's an example of that. We have one in Florida. Really quickly in the upper right-hand corner, she's paying $478 a month. She really should be paying $271 a month. And this is Mutual of Omaha. It just shows a closed-off risk pool. So we're just saying that just beware because it's very real. It happens now and it will happen later. So most people in our country, 55% of people do have the F. It has been extremely popular. And again, it's wonderful. It pays everything. I would have it if I could, but again, teach your people that they need G. These are group. We're not going to talk about this today. Part D plans. So when you, when you buy a Medicap plan, you will also pair it with a Part D prescription drug plan. You have, you'll get penalized if you don't get one. We don't let any of our clients not get them. If you don't take any medications, that's fine. Buy the cheapest drug plan on the Medicare.gov website. What if you're diagnosed next year, next March, and you need a drug plan? You cannot go get that drug plan until the following October, and it's not effective until January. So you don't want to be in that position. If you're on Part D right now, I'm just going to ask that you shop your Part D plans. This is what happens when people don't look at them every year. Only 13% of you are shopping the plans. You need to shop the plans, okay? This is an example of one we found last year. We found him last spring, actually. Had he, we shopped the plan last year. On the right-hand side, he would have been moved, moved to the plan that was $4,200 out of his pocket for 2019. Instead, he just renewed the plan he'd been on for three or four years. He is paying out of pocket this year $14,600. It is, it is what we think of simple. It, it's time-consuming, but it's not that difficult. We will teach you how to sharpen your own Part D. We have a video I can send you if you want that. We will, again, we will do it for you, for our clients. We do it at no charge. We are charging this year $55 per analysis that we need to run because it is time consuming. 
but we will enroll you on the Medicare.gov website and find you the best plan. This is huge. Companies are changing every year, who they deal with as a preferred vendor, what drugs are on a formulary like this. And this last year, Trojenta fell off his formulary. In two cases, he's got two drugs that were covered the year before that now have fallen off the formulary. When it's not on your formulary, that means you're paying 100% of the medications. So we teach a lot about GoodRx. Please use GoodRx. Uh, use the app on your phone. When you go to a pharmacy, ask about cash pricing. Just because you have a Part D card and even because you have a Medicare Advantage card, don't assume that that's the best pricing. Unfortunately, walking in sometimes with cash or using GoodRx is better. You need to ask the pharmacist. In Michigan, there's a gag uh, rule that, is, that does not allow pharmacists to be able to tell you what you could be paying in cash. If you ask them, it opens their mouths to be able to discuss that. It's horrible, but there are uh, things or entities called the pharmacy benefit managers that are keeping the spread of the prescription and the cost. So therefore, it's not going to you, it's going to them. And they're not allowing pharmacists to discuss that with you. Again, ask, ask, ask. We just tell people, almost jokingly, go up and throw everything on the counter. Your app, your coupons, your drug card, your everything. And just ask for the best pricing. There are specialty pharmacies across the country. We have somebody local that we work with here that can do a great job with um, pricing. He's got the ins and outs of even the Canadian system and preferred his own system. And he charges a small fee to help. He can save people thousands of dollars. Medication costs are going up enormously. We understand, uh, we know, we hear you. What we can do only is, is run your best drug plan. We can't really do a lot to solve your medication problems to sometimes, but we can steer you in the right direction. This is an example of a combination drug. I like to pick on this drug just because it's so outrageous in the story. Uh, it's $2,400 for a 90-day supply at Costco. It is made up of ibuprofen and an acid reflux medication. Nexium, Pepsid. That can cost you about $12 a month going into Kroger. Instead, $2,400 at Costco because it's a blended combination pill. So there are people and plans that are paying for this stuff. It's crazy. Okay, timing of all of this stuff. So when you hear this, a lot of people will say when they're hearing me talk, I have Medicare Advantage. I understand. I would like Medicap. I didn't really know about it before. I want out. This is what they do. So starting one month from now, our phones will light up and get crazy. So October 15th is when we can start putting in applications. Some companies will let us do it earlier, FYI. But we're going to make sure you get underwritten and go through the underwriting process, which is only over the phone. There's no physical underwriting. It is a phone call. It takes about 45 minutes. We will walk through the medical questions. If we think you're going to qualify and we know you're going to qualify pretty well, we're going to put you in and we're going to get you approved. If, even if we don't know, we might try. So if you're borderline, let, let's try so we'll put you in underwriting. We get an approval on our end. We come back to you, say you're approved. At that point, we can register you for a drug plan. When you are registering a drug plan, everything becomes effective January 1st. You stay on your Medicare Advantage plan until January, 30, January 1st. That Part D drug plan will actually then uh, unenroll you, disenroll you from your Medicare Advantage plan. There is no going back to the agent or the carrier. You're just into a new system. You start Medigap January 1st. So we do a lot of that in the fall. My people are our clients with Medigap. You do not need to do that. We have you on Medigap. You can change that 365 days a year. We don't want you constantly switching plans. We're trying to avoid that going in because we want to get you with some good carriers. Uh, we don't need to shop those. What we do need to shop is your Part D. 
that's different. Your drugs have changed. Your pharmacy might have changed. The arrangements with the pharmacy may have changed. Uh, the contracts behind the scenes have changed with all the carriers. So that's what we care about. So we're going to ask that you every year, we get with you, you'll get you know, bombarded by our notes and say, look, it's time to look at this. And we will run it through and make sure you're in the best drug plan for the following plan year. So we do that every fall for our clients. But again, we're not trying to always shop the Medigap. If we have a carrier with a large rate increase, we'll contact you and say, well, let's try this. We'll put you where we can. We do our best to keep you in the right place so we're not constantly shopping that Medigap program. But when we do have Medicare Advantage folks that we run across all year, we do want to educate you and get you over to Medigap if that's what you're choosing to do. We're virtual. We can do this. We work across the country, uh, many, many states already. This is a 45-minute consult. Like I said, it's over the phone. We do a screen share. We can do uh, all sorts of things. You jump on a calendar. If you go to our website, there is a schedule a consult link that you can go and, and schedule away. We've got five agents, like I said, uh, three of them with their schedule on there, and we can set that up for any time. We're doing weekends and evenings at this point of the year. And call the main office, this 248-871-7756 line, and someone can answer a question if you need to reach, like me in particular, you can dial my extension, Allie in particular, Gwen, you can, you just, but otherwise we're going to just try and grab the line and answer your call. And here's everybody right now that is working here in Michigan. And we've got two more ready to join that are sitting out as we get busier and busier. So we are fortunate. Here is my contact information. I do a lot of uh, emailing. I, I'll answer your questions. Need a phone call, that's fine. Like I said, you don't have to provide a phone number. Oh, cautionary thing about that. When you go to a website, don't put your real phone number in and your real address. Um, you'll be, as you know, or if you've done that, you know what I mean. In 30 minutes, 30 seconds, you're going to get a phone call from an agent. Again, we're not doing it that way. That's not our approach. Uh, I, I told you we might talk to you today and not deal with you for three years. So we are open for questions. I am open for questions. I just, um, I strongly believe that this information is not out there. It's not delivered in a good fashion. We will over-educate you and you feel free to delete any email you want. But I feel strongly about the tutorials and walking you through and, and kind of treating this like um, very ABC because it makes everybody's life a lot easier, including ours. You know, when we're educating you very well, we don't get the, the service phone calls because we, we have people that understand, you know, what they're doing and why they're doing. So again, we look forward to working with any or all. And there's our main line, the 248 number. My cell number is below that. You are uh, free to call that if I can't get it right away. I'll, believe me, I'll, I'll get back to you. I might have to scooch off to another agent. Uh, don't be offended. I just can't deal with everybody. And um, thank you for logging in. And we'll run these starting now quarterly. And again, have a great weekend. I really, really appreciate your tuning in. Uh, Boomer Health Group, Joanne Giardini-Russell. Take care.